Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey there, everyone. Jay Kevin McHugh here with another episode of Sheer Clarity. Our last episode, we opened up the topic of humility, and we ended up spending that whole episode kind of walking through the definition of it and how to define it. And we kind of promised to come back on this episode and see if we could talk about how do you get it? Is it something you can learn? The jury's still out on whether or not I think that, but I'm going to go through what I have picked up over the years of looking at this and studying this. And also, I'm going to lean heavily on one of the books I enjoy about it, just a book called Humility, The Quiet Virtue. And this author is Everett Worthington Jr. We'll put this on the website if you get interested in it. But before we do, allow me to introduce our humble producer, Matthew Passy. Welcome to this episode, Matthew. Good morning, Kevin. It is great to be here talking humility with you. The humility conversation we had last week, I'm curious if anything stuck with you or resonated with you that had some legs. That's what I call stickiness, like it punctured a little spot in your consciousness and posted itself there. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with the podcasts generally is have everybody encounter it sometime over the 25 minutes or so that we're, we're podcasting on a topic that we, we break into the unconsciousness and get something posted in the minds of the listeners so that they can like remember it and take it and use it. Maybe it moves them a little bit. But I'm just curious if that happened for you at all on this topic. Well, I think the one thing that did stand out to me, and I I raised the question of whether you can both have humility and also be a, you know, socially active, big personality, sort of pushing of your brand type of leader, if those two things can happen in concert with each other. Because it seems that we have so many leaders who we read about, we talk about, they're the ones who get tons of magazine coverage, and they're the ones who get tons of followers on social networks, and they become these high-profile names, which then lands them more high-profile jobs and gigs and whatever. And they don't always seem to be the same type of leaders that practice humility. But I think, as you pointed out, that it's possible to have those things in concert with each other. It's possible to both practice humility, but also to build out the brand, build out your brand, build out who you are, and still generate, without sounding so callous, a following for yourself. So I thought that was an interesting piece. So I guess now's a good time to understand, well, if you don't have humility, how do you get it? And I am very curious to hear about this because in my mind, I think humility is more of a nature versus nurture kind of a thing. It's something that you're probably born and ingrained with at an early age and 
might be more difficult to flip on like a switch. I don't know if the ghost of Christmas past is going to turn every Ebenezer Scrooge out there into somebody who has humility that easily. Well, learning it is something I, uh, I'm i going to tackle. I'll do my best. But it's going to get dicey because I think in my own belief about it, this idea of humility doesn't work without some idea of a higher power. Now, I'm going to use that in the broadest sort of sense so that we can keep listeners engaged without anyone going running for the exits because they think they're going to get a sermon or religion or something like that. So just warning, like giant warning sign, okay? Just take it easy. Higher power, something larger than you are to which you are subject because without something outside of you to which you are in some way beholden or subject to however you want to define it, this is kind of how AA works, God as you understand him or it, however you do it, that idea that we are small in a cosmological way is one of the first things that has to happen before this humility thing can even become part of your character. Because by definition, it is the antithesis of pride and ego. So if you're asking, how do you learn this? I don't know if this is a thing that you're going to learn. I think the instruction here is, you should become acquainted with your idea or belief that you hold about higher power, consciousness, universe, biblical God, if you wish, however you wish, there must be something beyond you to which you can humbly surrender. I'm going to stop there and see how that strikes you. Because you and I have talked about this offline every once in a while. And I'm driving a post here on this idea of learning humility. And I'm planting my first flag right there. Yeah, we have definitely discussed the higher power, cosmic energy, something beyond ourselves, both on the podcast and personally. And I guess I can't disagree. Well, I don't necessarily feel that it has to be a cosmic power that is organized the way that many believe in today. I do have to admit that I know there is some cosmic energy at play. You know what it comes back to for me? You sort of hear this all the time. Anybody who's ever gone into space and they get to look out the window and they look at the planet and it's this beautiful giant globe and it's quiet and it's peaceful and it's just amazing. It makes you forget and think about all of the problems, all of the issues, all of the fighting, all of the trivialness of our day-to-day lives. One, we create that, which means we can uncreate it if we want to. 
But two, when you look at it at such a grand scale, it's just meaningless. In the vastness of space, our problems just seem so small, and it's easy to then take a step back and not take these things as personally as so many do and exercise humility. That's right. So what's perfect description, because I do recall reading various commentaries from people who've been into space and has transformed them in their way of looking at their very nature, their very existence. It's just kind of recalibrates and resets. So the second thing, again, trying to stay focused on, are you going to learn humility as a leader? The other thing that I would say to listeners is check your experience base because If it hasn't happened yet, it will. You will encounter a life condition which has the effect of humbling you. If you ever hear the expression about the pain of something great enough, it brought me to my knees. The word humility comes from a Latin root of humilitas, meaning to be made low. And if you've been betrayed by one of life's great crises, you know, someone's been injured or there's been a fatality or there's been a terminal diagnosis, there's tragedy that happens. And it can also be small tragedies. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get selected. Everyone has faced life's disappointments. And when we say the expression, I'm depressed, it also refers to I'm feeling down, down, low, made low. Now, in our case, when this word functions in its worst case to be made low by force, that's called humiliation. You've been put down. If we take it as a voluntary surrender of ego, by choice, like we mentioned in the prior episode, a noble choice to put myself second to or behind, that is humility in its virtuous way. So one is quite negative. To be put down, to be made low, to be humiliated is going, getting punched down in a painful, hurtful way. And then to make a noble choice to put myself lower than, even though I have position, that's the noble choice. So can you learn this? I think just now, if you can distinguish between those two parts of the definition from the root of what humilitas means, to be made low, be conscious of this. Now, in that consciousness of what gets in the way of feeling okay to be second or to make yourself lower than, even though you don't positionally have that, you have power, status, and authority. I'll take this out of what that book I mentioned at the beginning. One of the first things they talk about in this conversation of learning is to work on negating a lot of the negatives that go with our personalities. For example, ego in its worst form is narcissism. This inflated 
grandiose sense of yourself. And for those who may not know the story of it, this is actually comes from a, a Greek mythology, was this narcissist, was the name of a, I don't know whether it's a god or a person, but somebody was actually fell in love with their own reflection. And, you know, humility at the, at, at the most basic is life is not all about me. The focus is appropriately on others and their needs, not their misdeeds. So kill this narcissism where it lies in your own self-inflated ego interest. The next thing to do in this negating your negatives is to sort of start checking yourself about your entitlement. Narcissism is loving in your own reflection. Entitled people think that they're superior to others that qualifies them for something special. I'm entitled. I deserve it. You also have to take a good hard look at your prideful nature. I mean, it's one thing to feel proud in an accomplishment. It's another thing to see I'm proud because I'm better than you are. And sometimes this becomes a shield to protect a very fragile ego. So if you just sort of think of those three things right away as how do I learn humility? Well, check your narcissism, check your entitlement, check your pride, right? And then for all the ego that you have, you better offset it with some kind of empathy. There's a quote I heard. I don't know where I heard it, but it was in the context of giving honest feedback or negative feedback, which we've talked about before. And then the quote was, before you put someone in their place, put yourself in their place. Before you put someone in their place, put yourself in their place. And this is just a maxim of, of, of getting out of your own prideful self-interest over onto the other side to be available for this other person. If you think about all those things we just mentioned, narcissism, pridefulness, entitlement, these are parts of the wounding that we can often get from our childhood that we get protected and we have to protect ourselves. And there's a lot that happens to us. We've talked about it in self-awareness. In the end, these are all safety mechanisms, which you know we put ourselves first because we're so afraid. If we're not first, we're going to be mistreated. So if you want to learn humility, Take a, a notebook and take a look at these negatives, narcissism and entitlement and pride. Make a journal and make a few notes. Where am I in these categories? Making sense so far? Does this seem practical enough, Matthew? Because I really want to leave something to the listeners that they can work with. We're trying to answer the question, can you learn humility? I don't know if we're learning it as much as we are becoming conscious of what it is and what gets in the way of it. You know, we're coming in the back door, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, there are exercises you can do. There are things that you can try and change your way of thinking. And I don't want to sound too negative about this, but I think 
it requires a little bit of humility to even understand that you don't have it and that you need it. I think some people who are just so obtuse and so stuck without it might hear this or might be listening to this and not even realize we're talking about them, that they're the ones who have to engage in this practice. And so I wonder if there's any other advice or anything else that we could say to help sort of break through that person, you know, sort of break down that wall to get that person to realize, oh man, I need to really pay attention to this right now because they're talking about me. Okay. So I have coached many a client who is a good, kind-hearted person who also has complete brain fog or lack of awareness around how they come across. So I think that's the kind of disconnect you're talking about. I know them to be decent people. I know them to be kind people, to be caring people. But when their defensive structure is they perceive a threat and they have no idea that that's happening, they just act out. Like, how do I get through to them? I'm not in their head. I'm not in their consciousness. I have to tell you the truth. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. I stay with them with my favorite phrase when they're in a conversation about what's not working and then asking them, well, what are they doing about it? And they tell me it's usually a defensive reaction. And then I just ask the question, how's that working for you? So first of all, our listeners, I got to believe that they're listening to Sheer Clarity because they get it. At some level, there's enough of an opening to the listeners who definitely want to get better. And they already know what leadership by attraction means. The people who are totally narcissistic, ego-driven, they don't listen to this kind of podcast because they don't think they need it anyway. So then maybe I have to amend the question to be, what if you are one of the employees, one of the subordinates? Like, What if you are working with someone that you've identified that needs this help. How do you get that person? How do you crack that nut? Send them a link to the podcast. Hey, thought you might be interested. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first. (laughs) I'm not trying to say nothing, but you should listen to this episode. Yeah, that's a delicate act. Sometimes I give them the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change which would be this person, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. So if you are working for a crappy supervisor who is clueless and prone to the ego and abuse that goes with it, the the one thing you might do is use the serenity prayer, pray for them, and get your resume on the street. Nobody should suffer at the hands of a really bad boss. I will tell you this. Everybody I've met who's in this category of a difficult boss, I treat them as a human with love. And I believe that 99% of the time, their behavioral dysfunction is explainable. 
something happened. Something happened. And I have just this feeling in my heart for everybody that if they got to know their own story, if they became interested in even the slightest degree of why am I the way I am, there's always the information. So it's a little digression. Let me drop down one or two more things that might be in this category of can I learn humility? One was watch out for those negative human things. The next category I would say is um, always back to self-awareness, which is kind of what sheer clarity is. Anybody listening at any level here who's got any interest in this, I hope you're listening to this whole podcast series over time because you are trying to cultivate a highly accurate sense of yourself. In other words, having consciousness about your self-confidence and self-esteem, but not taking it too far to the side of pride, being self-aware, but being not fully aware because you're open because there's more to learn. I'm still learning. I'm 60 some years old and I'm learning, learning, learning all the time. There's always more to learn. And, you know, my, my awareness keeps growing. And those categories of the self and cultivating the self and self-awareness are crucial to this idea of humility because then you start getting a handle on what's happening. And then I would leave this last idea, again, in an effort to learn humility, use the phrase, leaping from the limelight. This is a beautiful comment in Worthington's book, leap from the limelight. We all want the limelight. We all love the limelight. We all strive to get into it, right? But doggone it, you got to fight that impulse and ask yourself the question, am I searching for the limelight? Am I in the limelight? Get out. How do you get out? Put somebody else out there. I have a wonderful client who is basically identified as the brand. And I'll just leave it at that so that I can guard the confidentiality. But it's an iconic kind of person who's got this idea of transitioning. How do we keep what the brand stands for, but it's not me anymore? So we're identifying what the iconic persona has created that people want it, right? They want actually the name. This is true in many cases where there's a great designer behind it. You know, you'll see this in in architectural firms and art and the whole, you have a brand of, and if you want an enduring sort of entity to proceed Eventually, you have to embody what the brand stands for. And it's not the human person. It's what that person has created. And so getting out of the limelight is going to be part of that. This person has got a conscious effort to say, 
yeah, I'm the one who did all the interviews. I'm the one they want to see. I'm the one who's been on the cover. But I, I'm now working to get myself out of that and to get the name of the firm out there, to get the different people who've been with me for so long making so much happen, to get some of those names out there, but not make any one of those names the new iconic name, but rather it's a brand. It's a name that means something it doesn't mean that person, but that what that person stands for is produced and reproduced on a regular basis. So that'll leave that as the last tip. Like if you're in the limelight, get out of the limelight. So negate your negatives, narcissism and entitlement and pride. Heighten your self-awareness of self-confidence and also some you know efforts at your own modesty and then get out of the limelight and put somebody else up and that is what i got for learning humility today <laughs> well as kevin steps out of the current limelight of this podcast episode i will jump in and thank you all so much for joining us here on this episode of sheer clarity if you are enjoying the podcast, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast platforms where you can rate and review the show and let us know. We appreciate the feedback. You can also hit us up with an email, Kevin at SheerClarity.com or right there on the website, SheerClarity.com. We've got a contact us form where you can let us know what you're thinking, what you're learning, what questions you have, what could tackle for you that could help you become a better leader by attraction. It all happens at SheerClarity.com. He's J. Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we will see you next week on Sheer Clarity. Mm-hmm.